I think when you're talking about mobile quarterbacks, guys that are tough to handle, tackle, um, can throw, run, make good decisions, can be hard. I mean, I would put Newton at the top of the list. Not saying that there aren't a lot of other good players that do that, but I would say of all the guys, you know, we play or have played recently in the last couple of years, I would definitely put him. He's the hardest guy to deal with. He makes good decisions, he can run, he's strong, he's hard to tackle. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, everybody. Hope you've been safe and had a wonderful 4th of July. Once again, I'm your host, John June. I've got my co-host here, Greg Penniman. Greg, what's going on, man? You're, what's going on, guys? What's going on, people? Um, I'll be here. We're going to get right into this mock draft, uh, get the pe- uh, people going, get ready for this fantasy draft season. Uh, I'm sure things will change when we get later in August because that's when usually I'm drafting. So we got one now. We might have one later. So let's get right to it. Yeah, man. Like Greg said, we got a mock draft Monday today. Uh, so it's a jam-packed show. We also did an interview with uh, Dynasty League mate Akeem Spencer. So that's going to be... Uh, on the back half of this episode, so make sure you guys stick around for that. But before we get into any of the mock draft Monday or this interview with Akeem, we got to cover the big news that hit the mm-hmm. airwaves last Sunday. If you haven't heard, maybe you stay off Twitter or Instagram, or maybe you didn't hear Greg call it right here on the show. Yes, sir. But Cam Newton has officially signed with the New England Patriots. It's a one-year deal with a minimum of $1.5 million with the ability to get up to $7.5 million through incentives. He will be a free agent after this year, but the Pats have the ability to assign a franchise tag to him. So, Greg, before I hand off to you here, I guess what are your expectations for Cam and his fit in the offense and how that might affect other guys on the team in either a negative or a positive way? Yeah, so I think uh, the Patriots definitely sign him with the expectations of him to be a starter. He's definitely going to have to earn that job, but Jason Stidham, Brian Hoyer, and Cam, I think out of those three, I think Cam will show uh, he's a good-to-go fit to go jump right in and be the starter. He's uh, doing his physical today, actually, so this is a big day for him. Uh, I think that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think the foot is good, but I think that shoulder is where um, the concern is, and hopefully he can show that's healthy and be be better, be accurate, be on target, and you know, have a good rushing floor, which I think he'll have, and I think he'll affect the receivers uh, in a good way, Julian Edelman and both Nikhil Harry. And I think for the running backs, he's going to impact a lot. Sonny Michel, I think his outlook is going to get hurt by this. But uh, James White, I think, is going to be impacted positively by this. Uh, having a PPR running back in the backfield with him, uh, it reminds me of like how Chris McCaffrey, he's dump it off a lot to him. So I think that will help him with James White is a lot. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, I think this is a perfect fit. Uh, I mean, the past for years, they've run this chameleon-like offense, right, where every Sunday they were running something different. Um, even back in 2015, actually, when Tom Brady was out for four games due to suspension, uh, the Plat- the Pats played two of those games with uh, rookie Jacoby Brissett at the time, and he actually ran the ball 55 times during that span. Um, also, Josh McDaniels, the, the offensive coordinator, he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round back in 2010. Mm-hmm. I believe that Cam Newton starts right away. Uh, you know, he immediately slides in as, as, a, as a top 10 quarterback for me in, in fantasy for, for redraft purposes. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they brought him in to back up Jarrett Stidham. So, nope. uh, and, and in terms of the offensive weapons on this team, uh, I, don't, I mean, for Julian Edelman, I don't, I don't really feel one way or the other. I think he was going to be a, 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 you know, a main target in this offense, no matter who is the who the quarterback was. 
Uh, I do think this is a plus for Nikhil Harry. We have seen Cam Newton be successful with big, bigger targets in the past. Um, yep. Calvin Benjamin, Devin Funchess. Uh, and Nikhil Harry is he's big himself at you know six two or six three something along those lines two hundred and twenty pounds so I think this is a plus for him I also see a lot of um, I I see good outlook for these two tight ends that they drafted uh, Devin Asiasi and, and Dalton Keene oh, uh, both, David in, both in the third round yeah I really <laughs> hope that they don't get David Njoku because honestly I I'm really high on on both of these tight ends uh, you know if you if you haven't heard the tight end breakdown go listen to the, to that one but. Uh, both these guys are are two of my top five dynasty tight ends, um, so you know I'm I'm really excited about these how these guys fit, especially because I, I project the Patriots to run a lot of a two tight end two tight end sets. Um, yep. And like you said with Sony Michelle, I I do think this is a downgrade uh, in the touchdown department because you know Cam automatically is going to take forty to fifty percent of the team's total touchdowns mm-hmm. down by the goal line, so I do think he loses some of that touchdown equity. But maybe he does go up in the yards per carry column, right? Because we do see this with mobile quarterbacks; they pull up and they pull an extra defender out of the box, and and that's you know a plus for the running backs on their teams. So uh, maybe this is maybe Sony Michelle can gain some value that way. But um, yeah, I'm I, I'm excited to see this. You know, as a, as a as a Jets fan, part of me is hurt, but as a football fan, the idea of Bill Pel- Bill Belichick uh, getting to coach a player like Cam Newton. Uh, and seeing, uh, you know, Cam be fully unleashed uh, in this Patriots offense, you know, that's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm just excited to see him play. He he was always a, a very intriguing, outstanding player, flashy player. Uh, it's good to have him back in the NFL. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, do you have anything else to to add on that, Greg? Before we get to this mock draft Monday. Uh, no. Nah, I think I think we're ready to go. Mock draft Monday. I like the alliterations. Let's let's go. Whew, let's do it. Um, obviously it, it's Monday for you guys. It's not Monday for us, but it's cool. By the time you guys hear this, it will be mock draft Monday. So, um, we're going to draft, we're going to do a, a, uh, a one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex spot, one tight end. We will do a defense, no kicker, even though they are people too. Um, we're going to draft <laughs> from the 12 spot. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people that may be new to fantasy, people that, uh, maybe don't play all all the time. They may think the twelve spot is uh, the twelve spot is a bad spot to draft in. Um, you know, Greg, do you have a problem drafting from the twelve spot? Nah, anything lower than ten, I'm like kind of happy. You get to you know, group your picks together. Uh, you get to like you know have a lot of strategy behind it. Uh, you're you're always picking, and then you get to take little breaks, especially if you're at a draft party and stuff too. You know, you get to chill, or you could get to research. You get more time to research instead of always picking. So I, I like those last minute spots those, in the snake. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, being at the end, um, you know, where you get those back to back picks, like you were saying, Greg. Um, you know, that's awesome because you know you get to. You know what's your what's your strategy going to be? You're going to go running back, running back, or you're going to go receiver, running back, and you kind of can make that decision a little bit more easy, a little bit more easily than than your your counterparts. So, um, you know, and then the other thing picking there is that uh, you you can't necessarily play the ADP game because guys don't don't always make it back to you. Yep. Yep. You know? So you got you might have to take a guy a little bit earlier than you're willing to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So have to have to be on the lookout for that. Um, all right, so like I said, we're picking from the 12 spot. This is half-point PPR. So the number one pick, surprise, surprise, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, number two, Saquon Barkley. Zeke Elliott was three. Michael Thomas, four. Dalvin Cook, five. Yep, yep, yep. Alvin Kamara, six. Derrick Henry, seven. 
Devontae Adams, 8. Julio Jones, 9. Joe Mixon, 10. Tyreek Hill, 11. So, Greg, you're going to pick odds. I'm going to pick evens. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk through each pick, but, you, but you know, you're going to get final say in this round. So, so what are we what are we thinking here, Greg? Okay, so I have a little uh, issue here with, you know, uh, Nick Chubb. Not to say, you know, this man's not going to, you know, do well, but I think his ADP right now is a little too high in my book. When Kareem Hunt came back last year, uh, after week 10, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were basically putting out the same fantasy output as far as points per game. Uh, even though Nick Chubb was getting almost double the touches, uh, Nick Kareem Hunt was still like the PPR back. So I think that value of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb should be a little like that closer gap. That ADP is crazy to me, the separation right now. So I'm I'm not going to go for Nick Chubb right now. I'd rather take D-Hop if I'm going to do this right now. Okay, yeah. I mean... um, Actually, so I my, my pick here would be Nick Chubb, hmm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just because. Um, I mean, I do understand the the concern here about uh, you know Kareem Hunt is legitimate, uh, but we do have to remember Kevin Stefanski's coming here as the offensive as the head coach. He was a former offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Uh, Dalvin Cook. He was a lead back, uh, but we also did see Alexander Madison get work last year. We saw um, even the year before, uh, or Latavius Murray had been in that on that offense, and mm-hmm. he, he got work. So um, I do think this this offense does have room for two running backs, and I think you know Kareem Hunt is more in the way he'll be used a lot as a receiver, which you know Nick maybe will hurt Nick Chubb a little bit, but I do have the Browns being a good football team. So, um, you know, maybe, you know, I do have that. They'll be in some positive game script and, and he'll be available to be uh, to be used that way. But right. you know what? The beauty of this is we're doing we're doing uh, uh, we're co-owning this team and, yep. and we each get to each get to make a pick. So it seems like you're picking <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins here. <laughs> so this is. Back. Yep. And we pick back to back. So this is this is the. Uh, this is the strategy. So, Greg, if you were picking alone, would you go? Would you go receiver, running back here, or would you go wide receiver, wide receiver? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, either order. I think I'd probably split it up to get the running back, receiver, um, and just not be suffering kind of from my RB one uh, in like the the third round. So, I, I probably would go uh, running back, receiver. So we're gonna go DeAndre Hopkins with the first round pick. And then with the second round pick here, um, so I mean, we'll talk. We could talk through this a little bit more just to let people know, I guess what I'm what I'm thinking here. But Greg, so you said you're you're not really feeling Nick Chubb. So any of these guys that you're feeling more than Nick Chubb? Uh, honestly, you know, I think I would uh, lean to more your more your boy Kenyon Drake. Honestly, Ooh, yeah, Josh Kenyon Jacobs. Drake is. Yeah, um, so Kenyon Drake is definitely exciting. Uh, his outlook in in this Arizona offense, um. I, I do have actually Nick Chubb ranked a little bit higher in my personal rankings. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of of I'm not I'm not as high as on Josh Jacobs as maybe consensus might be, mm-hmm. uh, just because I'm concerned about the pass catching, um and his and what his role might be there. Right. Um. They the Raiders do have a lot of pass catching backs on the team, um. But Kenyon Drake would be interesting. I do have Nick Chubb rated slightly higher, like I said, um. So, you know, I think with the goal line work, I'm probably going to have to lean Nick Chubb here. So, we'll start off with Nick Chubb, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Chubb. That's not, that's not bad. No, not bad that's at not all. not a bad, bad team at all. No, no, no. That's for sure. 
Uh, the touches will be was there. there at, in all, all those games, Nick Chubb was still getting mm-hmm. 20 plus touches almost. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take that. So obviously, oh, what the heck just happened? Okay. So obviously, um, you know, now we're picking in the third round. We had back to back picks. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to highlight some guys that did go off the board, and I won't go through everybody, but uh, Travis Kelsey was 204. That was interesting. Yep. Um, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders did go right after we ended up Nick, getting Nick Chubb. Aaron Jones, that's an interesting discussion, Greg, because Aaron Jones is constantly going here. I know that you have a, you know, a, a special place in your heart for Aaron Jones after what he did for us last year, winning us a chip from, from behind. So, you know, where does he rank for you amongst all these running backs? You know, would you have, would he, was he in the conversation with the Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs? Or, you know, where does he fall for you? Yeah, I think I have Aaron Jones a little higher than um, those running backs, I would say. Probably higher than Miles Sanders and right there with uh, Nick Chubb. Um, I think the reason why I have him over Miles Sanders is also in a Doug Peterson offense. You know, a lot he's been using a lot of running backs, and I'm a little afraid mm-hmm. of the sleeper possibility of Boston Scott um, in Oof. there. Uh, so Oof. I think, yeah, you know, Aaron Jones. I'm a, a little, little early bit. for that. No, you know, I'm not. You know, just let's, let's do a way late round. Some, some, some. Little some, some. But Boston <laughs> Scott, when he was in there, was getting a lot of some touches, uh, up close to double mm-hmm. digits touches in games. And mm-hmm. um, just historically, and since Doug Peterson's been there, he hasn't had a, a dominant running back yet to dominate touches and carries. So I was gonna, I was a little hesitant to pick Miles Sanders probably over Aaron Jones. Yeah, no, I definitely hear that. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is getting a lot of flack right now because, you know, he, he overperformed in the touchdown department last year with 19 mm-hmm. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and then the Green Bay Packers go out and draft a, a running back in the second round in A.J. Dillon. Yep, so have Jamal um, so Williams I, as well. They have Jamal Williams who performed admirably as well last year. So, you know, I, but I do I do think Aaron Jones is, is also is still a very good player, I think. He might be a little bit undervalued. Um, in this situation, he did go ahead of Kenyon Drake. I ha- think I have Aaron Jones slightly behind Kenyon Drake, uh, just in terms of you know the ter- the total amount of volume Aaron Jones is going to be getting. He didn't get a-, a ton of volume last year, but he was just super efficient with his carries and his and his touches. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so you know Lamar Jackson does be- does go in the second round, two oh nine um, or two oh seven rather. Uh, two tight ends in the second round. That was also interesting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes goes in the third round. Um, Odell Beckham is a three ten. Ooh, AJ Brown's a three eleven. That would have been a really nice pick to make right there. Yeah, that would be super nice, super nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, you are picking your your. This is your selection here. Obviously, um, you know what do you what are you thinking now? Uh, right now, <clears throat> since you you were in that running back category, the guy that stood out to me in that one. Was definitely oh, Chris Carson. Um, Chris Carson for sure. This man's you know in the last couple of years been dominating touches and carries for the Seattle Seahawks and been doing what he has to do as far as getting yards and getting touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. He's his ADP is now a little up from last year because I remember before he would always be a mid round guy you can get and uh, produce outperform his ADP. Uh, I think his ADP is where it is supposed to be now, and I, I like the, I'm very confident about taking Chris Carson in this spot. Ooh, yeah, and then you know, from a roster construction standpoint, we're able to pair Chris Carson, uh, a workhorse back, with Nick Chubb, who's another workhorse back. Yeah, those are two guys that are gonna get you know bulk of the carries and a bulk of those money touches, those goal line carries. Yep. Uh, for 
for their their respective teams. Yep. And you know, Seattle, they're always going to be in competitive games. They're going to be in competitive game script. So I, you know, Chris Carson's a guy that I think. Um, you know, obviously there's the injury concerns. Um, that's I think that's always going to be a concern with Chris Carson, just because you know, this is a guy that he runs so physical. The, you know, his running style. Uh, he he. It's almost like he invites contact. Um, so that's one of those things for me that is always you know concerns me about Chris Carson. But to have him as your second running back, I think that's that's yeah, really as RB two. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sliding yeah. nice and over. And, well, not over Shot Penny, but Shot Penny's gonna. Maybe possibly start off her in to start the season, so this is even plus. Yeah, they did bring in they did bring in Carlos Hyde, but you know I think right. that's more yeah. that's closer to an insurance policy mm-hmm. than it is um, an actual threat to him. So, um, all right, so you know now it's my selection here in the fourth round. Uh, you know we we do have the running back spot squared away. You know we could we could get really Ooh. crazy and just try you to see that shore though? up this running. I know. I do see it. I know. Uh, Oh, uh, man. I mean, so so just to let let what everyone know what we're seeing right now. You're not looking at Melvin Gordon, right? I just no, no. I'm looking at Le'Veon okay, and David cool. Johnson. Those two right there. Le'Veon, David Johnson, those two right there. Um, at this point in the round, um, I think I would probably lean towards David Johnson, uh, just because I do expect him, uh, to to be in in a better offensive situation. You know, yep. obviously Houston's going to score more points. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. That's more targets available. Yep. Um, there's another name here that's intriguing to me though, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know this this guy. You know I think that you could say. Um, I mean I'm I'm gonna say it, and maybe it's a hot take. Maybe it's not. I think this guy is up there with the Saquon Barkleys of the world in terms of the elite talents in in at the position. Um, you know, just if you look at his height, weight, speed, Jonathan Taylor's uh, six foot. 230 pounds he ran 439 at the at the combine uh he was a four he was 40 inches in the vertical jump you know this guy is just a physical monster and he's probably going to go he's going to go to this indianapolis colts offense where you know he's going to compete with marlon mack but this is an offensive line um and our team is constructed in a way where we don't need jonathan taylor to be the guy right away nope not (laughs) not at all you're right We don't need him to be the guy right away. Um, he's just got to, he, you know, eventually he'll earn that role if, he, you know, the cream rises to the top. And, and if that happens, then, um, you know, then that's something that I'm very interested in. Uh, fourth round, a little bit too rich for my blood, though. Uh, can't do that right quite yet with Jonathan Taylor without, um, you know, a sure, you know, being sure where he'll be, uh, you know, in terms of the off season and things like that. But definitely somebody that I, that's on my radar right now. I just want to make the 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 listeners aware of that. Um so are you leaning to, are you leaning running back here, Greg? Just uh just because of the board you have showed me with the running backs, both Le'Veon and David Johnson. Dave Le'Veon had 300 touches last year. That's ridiculous and uh, the fact that he could be our flex spot um and in a, maybe in a better with a better situation, the Jets addressed the O line uh, a lot, and I think you know I think last year could have been an outlier year for someone to get that much touchage and not that many touchdowns. So uh, I think that's the case there for Le'Veon, and then with David Johnson before he fell off the face of the earth with his uh, touches mark, he was an RB one, like a solid RB one, mm-hmm. getting you know getting mm-hmm. uh, multiple points per game, and just for him to be there, that he could also be in our flex spot. That I think that's really dangerous. But when you slow it back to your wide receiver. The only person I would take in this spot, uh, other than those two running backs, would be Robert Woods. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Robert Woods. Uh, another guy I'm looking at. Uh, I know we talked about him and you know off 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 record, but uh, that was Cal- that's Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't feel comfortable taking Calvin Ridley ahead of DJ Moore or Robert Woods. Um, so I'm not going to do that. But there is one thing that's sticking out to me. Scary Terry's here. Um, I'm not t- saying we take him now, but there's a possibility he makes it back to us on the way back. Yeah, true. Right? So true. it's the combination of Le'Veon Bell and, and Scary Terry or uh, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, or, you know, Robert Woods and, you know, like a Cam Akers. Right. You know, right. I, and it, I like Cam Akers, but... I also like Le'Veon Bell and T- Terry McLaurin. Yep, I do as well. So, yeah, so I, yeah, so you, you're you're cool with that, right? Going yeah. going yeah. going with the running back here, and then coming back. Hopefully, the receiver makes it to yeah. us. I think so. Okay. And once I figure out how to use the draft <laughs> wizard. Oh, and by the way, we're we're drafting on Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard. Um, it's a really cool mock draft simulator, which you can. Um, you know, get a mock draft done in literally five minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Greg, how many times have we done this at work? Just, oh, man, just you know, a just quick fire one. through these. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no clock. You just go so, right through automated computer. Like I, I do one sometimes when I wake up real quick, right before you go in the bathroom. Like it, it's, it's a yeah. very good tool. While you're in the, while you're in the bathroom, while you're in the bathroom, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> really good times to do it. Um, so we did miss out on Terry McLaurin. He did end up going. Uh, we just missed out on him. But David Johnson was the very was the the very next running back taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did see Mark Andrews go. Robert Woods did go. And this is what we're talking about. Cooper Cup. We talked about this last week. Cooper Cup went a, a pick ahead of Robert Woods. Uh, Calvin Ridley two picks later. Uh, Cortland Sutton, another guy that balled out last year. Mark Ingram going in the fifth round. This is criminal, man. Mark Ingram got disrespected last year. He did. By all of us, by going in the fourth or fifth round, and he goes in the fifth round again. He did. God, uh, got to stop doing this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This man's a beast. He's a. He, the Ravens are gonna be up. You know they're a good team. He's gonna get his twenty carries. He's gonna get his touchdowns. So he's he's just like a Chris Carson, I think, middle round guy that is gonna produce. Absolutely. Um. So we like I said, we did miss out on Terry McLaurin. Um. You know, so there are some receivers left on the board. Are you thinking receiver here, Greg? Or, oh, definitely. You know, we've got three running backs. Definitely. Right? So, I th- yeah. I mean, we could afford to take another one, but I think, you know, we have to attack this receiver position. Um, um, so, so, who are you looking at right now, Greg? Yeah, so my eyes are had automatically did hit uh, Jarvis, but then when I mm-hmm. s- just slid down just a couple more spots, Michael Gallup and both Marquise Hollywood Brown are there. And if you, mm-hmm. if you put... Uh, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper stats up back to back next year. You oh. couldn't tell me the difference. So I don't know. Mm. My, Michael Gallup is uh, mm-hmm. his ADP. I would take over Amari Cooper's every day. I mean, uh, to be able to get Dallas as number one receiver at this point in the draft, I think is yeah, just, like <laughs> a steal. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you could totally make that argument. I, I can't even argue with you there. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling Michael Gallup a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel Michael Gallup a lot too. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry. I, he is intriguing here in this spot, mm-hmm. um, you know. But you know, I think Gallup has that juice. You know, I, I think yeah. you know Dallas being a high-powered offense, they're going to throw the ball a ton. Yep. Uh, and Michael Gallup is going to be a huge part of that. Um, but what 
you know, are you are you are you purposely st- skipping over AJ Green, or was that just by accident? Oh yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I, there was a purpose, accidental, whatever you want to call it. I wasn't even looking at his. It's name. like a defense mechanism. I'm, yeah, you just can't see him. <laughs> like the Black Mirror, just the block app. Like you just see see red. Like there's no way. I I I think history bias definitely. I'm not. I don't think I want to touch him. Just injury prone. Uh, just issues his last it is this is last, possible last year most likely with the cincinnati Bengals, but also i have a slice throw out of my heart for t higgins as well um and the other receivers in that team so uh mm. i'm i would definitely go other ways so i have i have history with and data on other receivers right here that produce uh year in and year out <laughs> i mean aj green is one of only uh, two or three receivers, I think, to have seven straight thousand yards. That's true. That's true. That was that was what was that two years ago though? Twenty. Yeah, <laughs> two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> had to end it. The seventh year had to have been like twenty eighteen. No, I mean, so 20. I I definitely I definitely do feel you on this, and I and I got burned by AJ Green last year. I think I traded DJ Shark for him, and and he just sat on my in my IR spot for the whole year. <laughs> so many um, teams did that. So many. So, you know, A.J. Green, I mean, he is intriguing, though. Uh, obviously, he gets Joe Burrow. That's exciting as well. True, um, true. You know, so, you know, A.J. Green is definitely intriguing to me. But, um, you know, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, you know, you did bring Even up Julian Hollywood. Edelman. Hollywood, yeah, Ju- I mean, Julian Edelman for sure. Um, I just, I th- right now, I think the wide receiver two, oof. I think the perfect wide receiver two would be Michael Gallup, right? Because Julian Edelman, he would be the safe wide receiver two. Yep. Where Mike Hollywood Brown, well, he would be the the nitro Hollywood or the nitro wide receiver too, where you could you know he might have that twenty that twenty point game, but he'll have a lot of twos mixed in between. Yep, <laughs> yep. You know where Michael Gallup is like the perfect blend of all of them. Where he you know I think that the floor is is still there, but he still has that upside where he can have that twenty point game. He can catch two touchdowns in a game. Absolutely, yeah. I think. Well, that best combo, Michael Gallup and then Jarvis, kind of um, of producing so production. So I'm I'm happy here taking Michael Gallup. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll take we'll take Michael Gallup here. Um, so this is this is Greg's selection. Okay, so with this this sixth round pick here, this is a spot where we can either go receiver again, and maybe we do take that Hollywood Brown, or maybe we take that Jarvis Landry to to get some safety. Mm-hmm. Um, at, as a backup receiver, um, but this is a spot as well where I'm looking at uh, at running backs. You know, uh, <laughs> I know we have three currently on the roster. No, yeah, I totally, um, totally get you. <laughs> By now, I, I, I get you now. By now, it took it took four and five years, but now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. Guys that intrigue me, I, you know, I know that you you the safety the safety net and you probably see is Kareem Hunt there. Yep. Um, absolutely. You, absolutely. Um, you know, I do see David Montgomery, obviously, who you know who who burned a lot of people last year, but I think this right here is great value, uh, and he continues to get those touches. Uh, Cam Akers also is somebody that's you know highly intrigues me at this point in the draft because, but he's such a wild card because if if he's the leading back. In week one, I wouldn't be surprised. If Malcolm Brown is leading back in week one, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's you know, do you want to take that shot on the talent here? Um, but, you know, it's a long season, man. Injuries happen. Uh, 
you know how you, you you're not going to find guys that are going to get 250 touches on the waiver wire. Uh, so I, I think I got to pull the trigger here on David Montgomery. Yeah, I think um, you know now his you know ADP is a little more <clears throat> uh, realistic and just like the hype is not on him. And I think Matt Nagy he yeah towards the end they give him touches and you know he was pro- producing slightly, but uh, I think the second year leap is bound to come and maybe with a better offense led by Nick Foles hopefully soon it should be uh better for him yeah and then you know the other thing is there's there's a couple things to note right um the the Bears did not add a running back in the offseason so that just shows you how confident they are in David Montgomery like Daryl like Daryl Henderson for example he was another guy who was hyped a little bit last year maybe not as definitely not as much as David Montgomery but the, the Rams added another back Right, so it's clear how they feel about Daryl Henderson. I think it's clear how the Bears feel about Dave Montgomery not adding a, another running back. Um, and then also, uh, the other thing is we have to remember Dave Montgomery had the high ankle sprain midway midway last year. He did. Um, there's he, you know, that had to affect him. So you know, I, I think that you know the the better of David Montgomery is still to come. So pulling the trigger here. All right, let's pull the trigger. Get Dave Montgomery. <clears throat> so uh, let's let's remind the people what team we got right now. How, how's it looking? Yeah. So uh, right now, so far, we've got Nick Chubb. We have DeAndre. Ho- oh, DeAndre Hopkins was our first round pick. You yep. know, I want to get yep. that straight. Yep. Nick Chubb was the second round pick. Uh, then we went Chris Carson. It was a third round pick. Le'Veon Bell was our fourth round pick. And then Michael Gallup in the fifth. And we took David Montgomery here in the sixth. Sitting real um, nice and deep at running back right now. Nice and deep. Yeah, very nice and deep at running back. <clears throat> You know what? I, I might actually be willing to say that we don't even need to touch the position again. But you know what? Here in the seventh round, Kareem Hunt is here. Greg, is that right. something that you want to do right now? <laughs> um, Kareem Hunt is still there. Uh, just looking at the receivers uh, real quick. Um, I do like Marvin Jones a lot, actually, uh, this year, especially, you know, just last year. He did play a very good mm-hmm. complimentary role, especially in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. They looked to him a lot uh, in the red zone as far as getting touchdowns. Uh, so I think he he has great RB two. I mean wide receiver two, uh, just yeah. level play. Um, and, and to get him at this point in the seventh round would be pretty nice, I think. Uh, and also, yeah, Kareem Hunt is very intriguing to me. Uh, so mm, Marvin Jones. And are you thinking? Are you th- you're, so you're not you're definitely not thinking quarterback, right? Not yet, no. Even if you showed no. me the quarterbacks on the board right now, I don't think you wouldn't even you wouldn't even be not yeah, moving the needle. Looking right now, now the person I want, I think I could, we could still get him late. If if it's honestly, I'm looking at Daniel Jones or Cam Newton, Ooh. those type of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think we can we can get them later. Absolutely. I mean, Tom Brady's still on the board. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom <clears throat> Brady. Aaron Rodgers, no, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, they're both inside my top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, those guys being here on the board, I, that clearly shows you, like, we can still wait. Josh Allen just went off the board. Matt Ryan, just, Matt Stafford just went off the board. This yeah. is crazy. Um, yeah, we're going to wait on this position. Yeah, we're so, and, and, and tight end, you're not looking at this position either, right? Uh, not yet. Um, but, I, you know, I am curious to see the board always, just by everything else. Uh Evan Ingram is there, but I think I could find still some value later. Austin Hooper is still on the mm-hmm. board. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Noah Fan is still on the board, so I think mm-hmm. we can um, still wait a little bit on that. Yeah, tight 
Personally, for me, tight end's always one of those positions. I'm either going to take one really early or I'm just going to take one really late. Yep. You yep. usually really, come into there having a guy <laughs> that you want. So, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you end up taking yep, what you were saying. So, all right, Greg. So, I do like the Marvin Jones uh, pick a lot, actually, um, as well in this spot. I, Ken, uh, Kareem Hunt makes a ton of sense as well. Uh, both the Houston receivers, one of them potentially going to be the number one receiver if Antonio Brown does not sign with the Houston Texans, is, are also still on the board. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of options here, Greg. So where are you leaning? Where are you going? Um, uh, let, let, let's go Marvin Jones here. I think just okay. he also has some boom to him too. So mm-hmm. just to have mm-hmm. him at like a, in a flex week to, to give you t- uh, 20 points maybe one week, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah I, like, I like that pick a lot. Um. So, oh man, Kareem Hunt. It's like I, I would if I were picking and in I, this was actually my draft and this was my team and I knew I had a, I was here on the, in the eighth round <laughs> with Kareem Hunt and I had Nick Chubb and if Nick Chubb ever went down, it would make me so <laughs> mad <laughs> that I didn't that I didn't get this guy. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I think we gotta go just take yeah, Kareem Hunt. We got, to, we got to. He has, <laughs> he has his own standalone value. If Nick Chubb was together, he we have another RB one just ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 the move that makes sense. Yeah. They say Oof. don't get cute sometimes. You know, you just gotta go with you. Yeah, no, nah, I can't. Just gotta exactly. Nah, man. I, you know, after having drafted with Greg so many times, I've 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 learned to adopt some safety to my methodology <laughs> so handcuffing if when it makes sense i'm willing to do it so kareem hunt here absolutely all right so uh just i guess highlight some guys that went off the board um will fuller who we talked about ended up going four picks later uh jordan howard who i think is also really good value he's yep. another guy when you talk about a guy that's able to that could potentially get 200 250 touches yep. he's another guy that i think fits that mold uh, Sony Michelle goes off the board eight twelve. James White goes right after him at nine oh one. Tevin Coleman I also think is great value. Yep. Uh, he went off the board here at nine oh four. You've got uh, Raheem Mostert who is obviously a fantasy playoff superstar. Um, he you know he ends up, he's going in the fourth and fifth round. So Tevin Coleman who you know obviously Kyle Shanahan uses multiple backs in that Niners offense. Him in the ninth round is great value. And then Latavius Murray, I mean, I, I just want to talk about him. I know you experienced this last year, but he's got to be, like, the highest upside handcuff in fantasy, in my opinion. Oh, easily, easily. I think him and then Alexander Madison after um, just a true a true handcuff, like, ready to go and will be an elite RB1. Because when that man played after Kamara got hurt last year, it mm-hmm. was he was getting 20-plus each week. Like, yes. it was crazy. Yes, absolutely. It's crazy, you know, I mean – Looking at his numbers last year, you're right. He was getting 20-plus touches. He was the workhorse. He was getting more workhorse work than Alvin Kamara was getting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, just when we talk about handcuffs, I think he's really good. And then J.K. Dobbins go, also goes in the ninth round. I think that's also, um, you know, really, really high upside pick right there. Because mm-hmm. um, if anything happens to Mark Ingram, I think J.K. Dobbins can take that role. So, Greg, we're here in the ninth round. What are you thinking, man? Um, uh, let's, let's t- take a look at the, yeah, well, how, how's the quarterbacks doing right now? Uh, we're still, still pretty good. I think on mm-hmm. these guys, I don't think they're going to move anytime soon. Uh, I'll let someone else take Aaron Rodgers or any time, <laughs> honestly. Um, 
wide receivers. There's some a lot of good names here. Uh, some names that you know Preston Williams intrigues me a lot. Uh, hmm. Let's see. I think there's there's name. Can I can I just can I yeah. just throw a name out there? Go ahead. I don't know if he went, but uh, Miko Hardman could potentially. I think he might. I think he still might be here. I I would think so. I would think so. Yeah, he's yeah. still here. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I don't want to do that. So yeah, is he a name that intrigues you? Yeah, uh, Miko Harmon, another guy. I think since we didn't go with that, you know, Hollywood Brown, he's like a Hollywood Brown Jr. kind of mm-hmm. uh, boom play guy. Uh, all, he, all he needs is under five receptions or five targets to get get what you need on a team. Five touches. Five. <laughs> five. <laughs> really five, yeah, five touches because, you know, he could go from the backfield too. You know, and Andy, Andy Reid could have him doing whatever he wants. And God help you if you play in a return yardage league, because... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's the tight ends uh, looking as well on the board? Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they've moved much since we no, last no. since we last looked at them okay, in the seventh yeah. round. All right, yeah. So, I uh, think we could keep plugging away at running backs and wide receivers um, and getting good value picks here. Uh, hmm. So, I think I'm leaning... Towards yeah, either maybe a Jerry Judy, uh, or Sterling Shepard. I think those two guys, especially Sterling Shepard, when he was in, he was getting targeted. Uh, it's just a matter of health for him, a matter of health for all the Giants players, honestly. Uh, and I think you know he's probably the best receiver on the team uh, on the depth chart. Uh, so I can make an argument for drafting him and getting some some good outside upside there. Yeah, no, I I like I think Sterling Shepard is um, definitely a great option here too. Uh, I, the only concern I have, obviously, you mentioned it, is the health. Um, you know, actually, the the Giants receiver I'm looking at here is Golden Tate. Surprisingly, mm. um, he was really he did play really well with Daniel Jones last year. Yeah, um, you know, he he was the number one target for Daniel Jones during that during the time where he was starting, and he came off of that suspension. Uh, his numbers are a little suppressed, be, suppressed because of that suspension. You know, you know, we forget that he missed uh, the first four games of the season. I think it was, um, you know, but see, he's someone that intrigues me. I mean, I'm in. I'm obviously that tells you how much I, I really do like Daniel Jones this year because Darius Slayton yeah. is someone that intrigues, yeah, bro, intrigues me as we get later into <laughs> the draft. Times, yo. Oh man, this. Yeah, I just so. waiting to see the one snap where Saquon, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, and Sterling Shepard on the field together. So. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, so um, so where where are you going, Greg? Where what do you uh, Jerry Judy? I do I do like him a lot here too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, can we look at the running backs one more time? Just, and then yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see. I just know for me, uh, so running back wise, Ronald Jones is somebody I, I'm really intrigued by, especially this late in the draft. This mm-hmm. is potentially Tampa Bay's starting running back. Right. Right, and then yeah, to get Tom Brady offense. Right, a top five Tampa offense. Tampa Bay is probably going to be one. Of, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. going to be one of the best offenses in the league. So, uh, so yeah, you know, we do have five running backs. <laughs> never stopped me before. It's never it has stopped not me stopped before. me before. No, it hasn't. Uh, hmm. Just uh, because of that, just you know, just taking. Hmm, stills. Uh, yeah, let's go with Ronald Jones because we have we have Marvin Jones. We had to to fill 
uh, what Sterling Shepard could do. Possibly Marvin Jones would would be able to do it and get touchdowns. Uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. keep plugging away. We, we have, we're deep right now. They got both. Yeah. Um, no, so the, one of the things I do want to say is that you never want to make a, a draft pick with the intention of trading the player. But we have the strength that we have at running back. You know, you never you 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 can also see that you could potentially package one of these running backs because injuries happen. People like don't draft running backs, right? Yep. Um, you can trade essentially; they become lottery tickets. You can trade them for essentially anything you want because when bye weeks hit, people are trying to make playoffs desperate, and they need a, <laughs> they need a running back. There, you can find receivers. <laughs> yep. You can find the third receiver on the highest scoring team, the highest scoring. Uh, projected game by Vegas that week and start him and you know maybe it works out for you maybe it doesn't but you can't find a running back no it's, you're scrapping all these running backs to take in get they get hurt uh, unless you you are there <clears throat> right away getting lucky and have your waiver budget ready to go for that top guy it's going to be a struggle for you so yeah I would I would suggest getting uh, a lot of the good value running backs especially late mid to late in the draft because they slip and they they get they're there absolutely um so i think a receiver here i'm I'm probably gonna go with miko hardman just because the argument for me is you got a guy who's gonna play with the best quarterback on planet earth probably mm-hmm. in the universe mm-hmm. um and patty you know just <laughs> to be able to have the opportunity to just stick miko hardman in the flex when when the when the when the ravens play the chiefs you know, and you know it's got a fifty-four point over under. Uh, you know, I, I'm like, I, there's no way that I, I could pass on this value right now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Miko Harmon. You cool with that, Greg? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, now I feel better that we didn't take Hollywood. So we got my McCole. No, oh, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So we don't have a quarterback. We don't have a tight end. We don't have a defense, which we're not gonna look at until the, the draft's over, right, Greg? Uh, yeah, that's last pick. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're lucky that I'm even drafting a defense today, but Greg had to force me to. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, I guess we have to, right? Yeah. So do we want to look at quarterback now? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's also look at quarterback. We're in round 11. Uh, it's they still time. Have not, yo, they're still here. It's crazy. All of them. Crazy. Still here. I think we would have to take one now because yeah. at this point in the draft, there's yeah. no guarantee that one would get back to us. Yeah, I think um, either one, uh, honestly, Cam or Daniel Jones, but because of the offense Daniel Jones provided last year, the weeks where he had QB1 weeks, where he was a top overall one or two in the in the, in the the league, his floor rushing is there. He had at least a couple, like six or seven weeks with 20 rushing yards. This man, Daniel Jones, is going to take that leap. I'm all in on Danny Dimes, baby. Oh, man. I'm, I'm all in on Danny Dimes. I just, there's something about taking him over Cam Newton that just my, my <laughs> physiologically, like, I can't, like, I can't do, you know, like, it, like, like I don't know if I can click this button. Um, no, but seriously, because Cam Newton, we're talking about a guy who, when he's healthy, finishes as either the QB1, the QB2, the QB4, the QB3. Like, those are legitimate, no. like, season-long finishes Absolutely. for Cam Newton. Yep. This is, this is Cam. <laughs> this is an MVP in this league. Uh, it's just yeah, the he's having his physical today. I, how about I wait a couple more hours and we could do this and uh, hit it for hit back from the physical and then Jay take care. <laughs> you know, so actually I got I got good news. I, the physical actually did happen. Uh, so it it actually happened. By the time you guys hear this, the physical has has already happened. And Cam Newton's healthy. Uh, mm. Patriots came back. They said everything was good. Mm. They're not concerned. The Liz Frank <laughs> is not a problem. Mm. Um, so. But this is a mock draft, so I'm cool to do whatever you would like, sir. 
Oh, man. <laughs> well, we don't have a giant on our team, so we can't do the stack. So, uh, mm. oh, man. I, I got I still My heart is with Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. I got to take Daniel Jones. All right, let's do it. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm for it. You know what? He, we're probably going to have to fight about uh, later on in the year. Uh, I'll allude to it a little bit later. But <laughs> Oh, look at that. It says it was a value pick. Because oh. he was ranked at one 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 eighteen, and we got him at one thirty three. So nice, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good job, Greg. So uh, you know, twelve oh one now. The tight ends did go off the board. Um, you, ooh, no oh, yeah. Fant, Gronk are both both ooh. on the board here. Mike Gesicki too. Um, T.J. Hawk. Mike Gesicki as well. T.J. Hawkinson, a guy that we talked about last week. Um, you know, these are all very intriguing names here. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm just gonna peek at the running back spot. You know, I'm just gonna kind of, you know, I'm just gonna look. You know, nothing really that I like here. Uh, maybe if a guy like Antonio Gibson was on the board, um, you know, let me see if he's on the board. Yeah, this this is he's time where you, that, you're not even looking at ADP, man. You're just you, you, no. you're looking at the the names you've been researching. Uh, this is for sleepers. This is where I, this is the point in the draft. Uh, actually, I think I did it a little bit earlier in our in our League of Extraordinary People draft where I drafted a guy like Devin Singletary. Right, you know, you, you just sit and wait on him, um, you know. Uh, who Jalen Rager? I I don't think I could. Wow. Oh, uh, we got so many receivers. Wow. Jalen Rager, he's a guy that I think could be potentially the top receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one target for Carson Wentz. Yeah, um, and he's I'm still here on the board. There. Yeah. Nikhil Harry is also another guy Nikhil who's Harry, here on the board yeah, as I well. Like Nikhil Harry a lot. So you know what I think I'm I think I'm gonna go tight end here because there's almost no guarantee that we're gonna get one of these guys on the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, which one of these guys do you want to take, Greg? Which one of these guys, if this was if this pick was yours, would you would you be pulling the trigger on? Uh, so as far as upside and potential, uh, I like Noah Fant a lot just because mm-hmm. of his numbers. Once you say upside, I knew you were gonna say yeah. Noah Fant. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> as far as second year elite. As far as, you know, his numbers were comparable with George Kittle, his rookie season, and we know who George Kittle is. I, I like North Fan a lot as far as that. Mike Gusecki probably a little bit af- right after that as far as upside. <clears throat> and, you know, the, the players on the team, um, it, it's really, you know, Devontae Parker, maybe Preston Williams, but Mike Gusecki is going to be there as a, a main target for Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tua. So uh, those, I think North Fan I'm leaning towards a lot um, as far as what we're going to yeah. do here. Yeah, I think uh, the tight end position for me is all about upside, like you said. Um, if I'm picking this late, I want a guy, the guy who's going to break out for 800, 900 yards receiving. I don't want the guy that's maybe going to catch six, seven, eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can't predict that, you know, like I, I, I can't. But I can kind of predict the guy that based on his athleticism, the guy that averaged 13 14 yards a catch last year at the tight end position. I can I can I can bank on him getting better as a player, right? So yep. uh, obviously I'm talking about Noah Fant. Um yeah, that's that's the pick we're going to make, man. Noah Fant here at 1201. Ooh, saying real nice right now, man. So yeah, like last so, year when um, we uh, took Siemens B, man, every time. <laughs> oh yeah, every time. Um so obviously guys, you know, we're going to we'll, we got two more picks left. Uh, this is the part where you know people start your your league mates. They start losing their attention span. Yep. They, they, don't, they don't even want to be in front of the computer anymore. <laughs> yep, they're trying this to is drink. The time, <laughs> they're trying to grab, grab a drink or yep. something. But this is the time where you know we gotta do, we got to do we do that extra work. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Greg, who is it that you're trying to take right now? This is this is the pick. This is the last 
skill player position that we're going to take here because we're got to take a defense next. So right. who, who is it going to be? Right. So, uh, honestly, yeah, when I was looking at those receivers, you know, Nikhil Harry and Curtis Samuel, those two guys popped my eye. If not, uh, I was going to, you know, dig deep and go for Steven Sims, man. Uh, I like him a lot with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think towards the end of last year, he he turned up. He uh, produced well, especially with Scary Terry was out. And I think he could be, Most uh, definitely. you know, uh, some wide receiver three, wide receiver two upside in some weeks because uh, he'll be he'll be there as the, the second target on, on that team. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. And, and, you know, as I started adding more players to, you know, uh, Draft Wizard, suggest players to you so i have to add more suggestions Mm -hmm. Uh, michael Pittman popped up he's another guy that it's definitely interesting to me yep um as the number could be the number two receiver in this colts offense um we've seen philip rivers play with big receivers um so you know that intrigues me also brandon Ayuk, guy we talked about last week um (laughs) (laughs) you know he's sitting here flashy sex pick right there red no most definitely um but you know i think at this point a guy like Curtis Samuel and Nikhil Harry, they're more likely to break out right. than a guy like Michael Pittman or, you know, or Brandon Ayuk. We talked about this every year. We talk about it last year as well. You know, those those second year wide receivers, you know, those first year wide receivers, those guys are glamorous. They come in, they're the new thing, they're that new girl at school. But you know, <laughs> Michael Pittman, I mean, Nikhil Harry, Curtis Samuel, those guys, you know, they're the, you know they're like the 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 you know they started. They still have an opportunity here to become superstars, right? Yep. Like, like we we thought Curtis Samuel was the breakout guy last year. Uh, we thought Nikhil Harry could have been something, and they and you know we we have this bad taste in our mouth, but you know these guys they could be the DJ Sharks uh, of of twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, honestly, <clears throat> since since yeah since we didn't get to take Cam, I think uh, we should take Nikhil Harry here. You know, hedge our bets a little bit. You know. Yep. yep. All right. So the defense here. Uh, Greg, do you have a particular strategy for picking a defense uh, for week up for week one, or you know the last defense in the draft, or a season long defense? Like, what's your strategy here, man? Uh, honestly, some some drafts I have when Seattle was the dominant team, I used to draft up to get them, and like in the tenth or eleventh round. But that was about it. There's no like real dominating uh defenses a- a- anymore. You know, the, this league is offensive driven. Um, honestly, Ooh. I'm looking I'm looking at those first couple weeks as far as matchups, mm. maybe. Um, mm-hmm. to maybe get, you know, a, a good spot, maybe, a, you know, a team that's playing a, a pretty bad team from last year. Uh, I usually look towards them and see and draft them uh, or a team with a good secondary that can produce turnovers, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I think so, you know, me personally, we talked about it. I don't I don't draft a defense. Greg is forcing me to draft one here. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I typically – my process is to just pick up the the, the defense that is going to be the largest week one favorite that I can find. Yep. Um, the largest week one favorite. Uh, if you believe it, if you believe it, Greg, I've already started looking at the week one lines because that's how dedicated we are here. At fantasy you already football know, fantasy football now. Yes, sir. We got you. Um, Kansas City is the largest week one favorite, uh, nine and a half points over Houston, over the Houston Texans. Um, mm. So. That that one would be interesting, but another interesting thing here too is the number one defense in fantasy 
is still on from last year is on the board here. And you know, like we've done in the past, like you said in the past, you would pick Seattle in the ninth, tenth round because they were the, the number one defense. I think Chicago was the highest drafted defense last year, and this year it'll probably be New England followed by San Francisco, or it'll be the highest drafted defenses. But right, you know, it's it's very seldom that the number one defense in one year finishes as the number one defense in the next year. So that's really hard to predict. Yeah, but to be able to take the number one defense from last year at this point in the draft with our last pick, um, you know, when we have to draft the defense, I think that that's, that's good value. Yeah. You know? I think we got to do it. This is what we did last year. Actually, we, we took the Pats uh, with our defense and we, we were just like, you know, let's take the Pats. They're a good team. You know, they're going to be winning a lot of games and little did we know they were <laughs> dominating. They were the number one player in fantasy almost. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the, the Pats here again. Yeah, no, most definitely. Especially when you look at their schedule, they're going to play the Jets, they're going to play the Dolphins, they're yep. going to play the Bills all at least two times a game. Yep. Um, you know that those that's at least five wins right there, four to five wins. Um, you know, and and they're they they play the Dolphins week one. They're seven point favorites against the Dolphins. Um, so yeah, yeah, New England. Yep, and we know Fitzpatrick is going to throw at least one or two picks. So. Yeah, he can't he can't help himself. It's yeah. in his DNA. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> So just to run through our squad real quick, um, our ooh, that B is way too low. It gave us a B. Yeah. But guys, draft grades they don't mean anything. They're we useless. got a C minus in our league champion, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm not, not I'm not worried at all. <laughs> um. So, Q, at quarterback we have Daniel Jones. At running back we have Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones. At wide receiver, we have DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Gallup, um, Miko Harmon, Nikhil Harry. At tight end, we have Noah Fant, and at defense, we have the New England Patriots. So, Greg, what would you, what do you say about that draft right there, man? Uh, I like the team. I like the team a lot. I like what we were doing, the strategy coming in. I like that you know we're not too reliant on our you know our first running back or our first receiver. So if Nick Chubb was to not pan out, we got Kareem Hunt. If DeAndre Hopkins was to not pan out, which is very unlikely. We still got like guys like Michael Gallup and you know uh, Marvin Jones. We have depth at the positions, and we have Le'Veon Bell. Like these upside picks that could be running back ones. Uh, Le'Veon, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me he's gonna, he'll finish the year as a, a top twelve running back easily. Kareem Hunt, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. You know if he finishes as an elite RB two easily. We have Noah Fant with high upside, who is going to finish as a, a top tight end one. So. And David Montgomery plays like that. So we have the players that have produced at RB1, RB2, uh, 1 and 2 quality, and those players that have a high chance of being in that 1 or 2 quality as well. That's 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 a lot of wins right there. Yeah, man. And I think the depth is even, you know, the depth is the, is the thing that sticks out to me the most. Like you were saying, we're not too reliant on anyone running back or anyone, anyone receiver. Um, you know, our depth at running back, bye weeks aren't going to be a problem for us. Injuries won't be a problem for us. Um, we've even got Nick Chubb handcuffed, so we don't even have to worry about losing, you know, him to injury. Yep. Uh, he was our our top running back selection. So, like, you know, I think this team is is very well put together. Uh, I hope we can draft one like this in the real season. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, Absolutely. it's it's got the perfect blend of of guys of a, with a steady floor. Um, you know, like a Nick Chubb, like a Chris Carson, like a, a DeAndre Hopkins, but those guys with that upside too, like a Ronald Jones or a Miko Hartman or yeah, a, Mar- a Marvin Jones, Nikhil Harry. So, you know, I think, you know, I think this is a great team. Yeah, uh, and, it, and if Daniel Jones had worked out, one, we drafted him in the 11th round, and then two, like we were 
just as good enough waiver wire and target pickups to get quarterbacks to fill in for most weeks like Gardner Minshew and players like that. Yeah, man, we're, we're always going to find them. We always will. You know, we'll play the matchup game in one quarterback leagues. That's easy. But I think what you just said is huge about Daniel Jones in the 11th round, right? If you draft, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers in, in round four, there's like this cost association thing, mm-hmm. right? Or even just Aaron Rodgers in the 11th round, there's a name association thing where you're like, I can't drop Aaron Rodgers, you know? Like, I can drop Daniel Jones in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) saying hey guys, I dropped I dropped Daniel Jones this morning sounds a lot different than hey guys, I dropped Aaron Rodgers this morning. Absolutely, it just just sounds different. It creates different emotions in people. So, um, you know, I I, yeah, I I like what we did here. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, so uh, you know, again, thank you for listening. You guys are going to listen to this uh, wonderful interview that I had with Akeem broke down some dynasty stuff. We talked about the Giants, talked about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because he is a, a Giants fan as well. So you guys have to stick around and listen to that. But uh, from here on out, we're just going to say we're going to say goodbye. Right, Greg? Yes, sir. You already know. We out. All right. Next up is a great friend of mine going all the way back to high school. He's relatively new to the diehard fantasy community and just recently joined our dynasty league where we most recently had our draft. I bet he wishes we were playing fantasy football back then. But anyways, we're here now, and I want to introduce Akeem Spencer. Akeem, what's going on, man? How's it going, John? Excited to be here, man. And, uh, you know, everything is, is it's looking good on this uh, July 4th weekend. Yeah, man. You know, just got to continue to stay safe, continue to social distance. We're not in the clear yet, so guys don't be in a rush to go anywhere right away. But – uh, you know, let's just dig into the dynasty football talk. So, you know, like we said, most recently we just had our draft. Um, Akeem, you were picking from the actually the sixth spot. Um, but, you know, we there were some trades that went down. Uh, your first pick was from the 108. We'll get into the trade in a little bit. But the first pick was from 108. You picked A.J. Dillon, the uh, – your 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 third round pick. You didn't have a second round pick. That was part of the trade. Uh, was Darrington Evans, the running back with the Tennessee Titans, um, and then your fourth round pick was Jalen Hurts, the quarterback with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, you know, jumping into the trade that went down, uh, I think it was a few days uh, before the NFL draft. I had approached you with a uh, a massive trade offer. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 106 uh well it was my 108 ring hunt uh running back with the browns alan lazard wide receiver for the green bay packers uh and this is a dynasty league so pe- people don't get confused anthony harris free safety with the uh or sorry not dynasty the idp league so please don't get confused uh anthony harris free safety with the minnesota vikings uh, Gus Edwards, running back for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and Will Disley, tight end with the Seattle Seahawks, in exchange for Derwin James, the safety at, with the L.A. Chargers, Bobby Okariki, linebacker with the Indianapolis Colts, and then the uh, sixth pick in the first round, 106, and then uh, your second round pick, 208. So essentially, I, I moved up two spots in the, in the first round from 108 to, to 106 and received your second round pick in return. Um, and then, you know, this you know, platoon of players that swapped back and forth. So, Keem, what, were your, what was your overall take on that trade uh, from your perspective? Well, um, the overall take is, like, uh, the running backs that I saw 
um, that I was receiving, uh, most mostly in uh, Gus Edwards as well as in uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, I was extremely excited about, um, you know, receiving Kareem Hunt as uh, a potential um, starter for for my roster. And also, I was happy with, okay, you know, at least I'll just go back two spots in the first round. So, um, you know, I was I was kind of happy with that. And, you know, obviously, you know, me and you were having conversations in the background, but um, there was just this one running back in particular I saw in the second round where I said, okay, you know, I know that the, you know, the, the, uh, the first five picks are going to more than likely be running backs, but I really think that this running back here has uh, a potential to really be um, a really like a really good steal um, in in the first round. So uh, I was I was overall um, content with that with that trade. Yeah, so I mean, let's let's just jump right into that part then. So uh, obviously, the running back, I think if. Listeners haven't caught on. The running back that you're referring to uh, is A.J. Dillon. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you drafted A.J. Dillon in the first round at 108 with with your first round pick in the Dynasty rookie draft. Um, You you know, so, again, I guess talk about the overall thought process. You said you alluded to the fact that you didn't think that he would make it to uh, to the second round um, and you didn't have a second round pick anymore. So, Right. Uh, what 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 was it about AJ Dillon that that you know made it made you feel like you had to have this guy? So I am a person that doesn't really uh, look at like the like the numbers aren't the things that are fascinating me. I was just seeing his highlight tapes on the uh, on 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 draft day, and I was just saying, "Wow, man, this guy is explosive." Um, you know he's very crafty. He he's able to kind of catch, uh, you know, cat, like his catch radius, like behind the behind the line was was pretty amazing. Um, his ability to just to kind of be shifty and crafty in the open field was was pretty um, exciting. So, you know, I, from from the running backs that I saw in in that in, in that second round, um, I was I was really excited with with AJ Dillon, and um, I said, you know what, he he has a he has a bright he has a bright future ahead of himself in in Green Bay, so uh, I was like, "All right, let me let me pick him up before he gets before he gets lost." Since I'm losing my uh, my second round pick, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, AJ Dillon is my number six receiver or number six running back in terms of dynasty rookie running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't caught that episode, go back in the archives, listen listen to that one uh, where I covered running back six through ten, uh, and also interviewed. My brother Randy June, similar to an interview like this one, um, but you know AJ Dillon, I I love the prospect. You know we're talking about a guy that's six foot, two hundred and forty seven pounds. You know runs four five, uh, has a forty one inch vert. Uh, you know so the dude is completely explosive. You know obviously the only thing is is, is the path to playing time in year one. So how do you feel about you know about that with you know, um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams already already there in Green Bay being ahead of him. Um, obviously, those two guys in the last year of their contracts, um, you know, but do you do you uh, is so A.J. Dillon somebody that you, you deem worth the wait or do you see him supplanting these guys in year one? I don't think he's going to supplant in year one. I'm going to be a very patient guy 
and uh, just kind of wait until the the smoke settles. But I do believe like any team that is kind of drafting a running back, um, you know, that high, especially in the second round, they're definitely going to make usage out of him. And, um, you know, they're just kind of making sure, hey, you know what? Um, if all doesn't go well with uh, Aaron Jones, then, you know, 2021, um, you know, we can definitely get to see him. But for now, I just want to kind of see what, what happens with him. Hopefully, um, you know, they, they place him in special teams or something like that. And uh, he just is able to just kind of get some reps in. So um, he's definitely just going to be like, you know, one of those stashes um, on the bench. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, definitely sure that he's going to get on the field and start getting more uh more snaps or p- possibly we can we can start seeing some snaps with him like towards the the latter half of 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 this year yeah i mean those are those are all great points especially in our dynasty league where uh, a player gets points for anything that they do on a football field uh, whether it's running down on kickoff team and making a tackle or it's returning a kickoff so if aj Dillon does play such teams then there's an avenue of, you know, playing time on your team for, for that, from that standpoint. But like you just mentioned, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's something, he's somebody that comes on in the latter half. We have seen Aaron Jones uh, have his issues with the injured, with injuries. We saw Jamal Williams get injured last year. Uh, the running back position is one of the most injury prone positions in football. So, um, you know, it's definitely within the, within the realm possibility that AJ Dillon down the stretch, uh, earns a sizable role because of injuries to the, to the two guys ahead of him. Um, but moving on, I mean, outside of your first round pick, which are your other draft picks that you like the most? So I really liked uh, Darrington Evans um, as, as the third pick. Um, this was somebody that, you know, once again, I'm just seeing explosiveness. I'm just, you know, I just do the eye test and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I saw that he was going to the Tennessee Titans and I just saw this kind of small running back, you know, um, kind of scat back kind of, you know, uh, style that he was kind of uh, bringing, I instantaneously just thought to myself, all right, he's going to replace Deion Lewis. And, you know, recently I just kind of looked at the depth chart and saw that he was going to be like second in, in, in the charts. And, um, you know, just based on the news that I'm hearing, um, I, I, you know, my eye test was right. You know, they're really excited about, um, you know, bringing him on. And, um, you know, this is definitely somebody that I definitely can see having playing time um, in the year 2020. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Darrington Evans, I mean, he's he was my RB10 uh, in terms of dynasty rookie running back rankings. But. Um, you know, this is a guy that averaged six yards a carry at, at over 200, 200 pounds at Appalachian State, uh, runs four four one. So, yeah, you're, you're definitely right about the burners. Uh, he's got him for days. So this guy, I think he's going to come in, you know, like you said, <clears throat> in year one and, and, and kind of be that change of pace back, you know, kind of spell Derrick Henry a little bit, um, give the defense a different look. But I do definitely do like Darrington Evans, and I think that's, a you know, an added – bonus to your to your team which uh you know you you did take this team over it was very strong in terms of of defense uh the previous owner made uh every effort to to make sure that the defense was was really good but now it seems like you're you're trying to shore up this offense um so i mean i think it would be fair to say you know drafting aj Dillon in the first round 
uh, drafting Darrington Evans in the third round, um, adding Kareem Hunt and Gus Edwards to your backfield, um, you know, Gus Edwards being a handcuff to your already owned Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. um, you know, adding four backs in, in just this offseason, and it doesn't even count what, what you did in the free agent in the free agent draft. Um, it, it seems like like attacking the running back position, you know, was your was your plan coming into this rookie draft? Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong there. And, and if that was your plan, do you feel like you executed that plan? I think I did. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm 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 pretty new, and I if I were to do it again, I would do things a little bit differently. Perhaps I would uh, trade up to get some of the um, you know one through five um, running backs. And, um, you know, the team that uh, I have currently right now is pretty, pretty solid in, in, in defense. So perhaps I would trade somebody that is like a little bit more of like a veteran um, in order to kind of get one of those like sure starts like JT or, or DeAndre Swift, uh, Swift. And then, you know, just kind of dump off like some 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 defensive players and perhaps maybe like a wide receiver or two just to kind of get get those premier running backs but um i'm i'm still somewhat satisfied uh with the picks i made i'm i'm pretty sure that um you know with that trade um it's like a uh, a plan a and then a plan b of action is these two running backs um to, to potentially uh do wonders for me um you know perhaps in the latter half of the season or, or for next year so uh, I wouldn't do anything differently um, aside from that, um, you know, maybe just kind of trade up. But um, overall, it was still a, a pretty successful uh, draft class for me. Yeah, I would most definitely say so. I mean, um, I you know, I say this all the time in Dynasty Leagues. If, if you're trying to win now or you're trying to, you know, you have a weakness at a position, especially if you have a weakness at a position, I think you need to attack that position um, with as many assets as you can. Um, you know, as many good football players, but as many as many sound decisions as you can. And so I think, you know, for you to to give up a second round pick and move back two spots to be able to acquire uh, Kareem Hunt and, you know, at the time, Gus Edwards, who seemed like a handcuff, uh, you know, probably has a little less value now with J, with J.K. Dobbins getting drafted to Baltimore. But, um, you know, I think adding, you know, an A.J. Dillon, you know, you've, out, you've added talented guys at the position, uh, you know, to to have on your roster to be able to potentially start. And, you know, the probability of one of these guys um, ending in in a high uh, a high volume role, you know, look at Kareem Hunt. He's, he's one, you know, Nick Chubb injury away from, you know, having one of the most valuable roles a running back could have in, in, in fantasy. Um, being lead back in this Kevin Stefanski offense. So, you know, I think, I think you, you did really good here. I think it was sound, a sound process that sound decision-making. Um, but you know, enough about your draft <laughs> outside of, outside of, uh, of any of your picks, which, which picks around the league did you like the most? So, you know, I know you're the commish, but, um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I kind of like your picks. Um, you know, uh, I'm kind of like a prisoner of the moment right now. Obviously, we heard about uh, Debo Samuel um, having that uh, foot injury. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery. But with that addition of uh, Brandon Ayuk, 
Um, I thought that that was a really smart investment. And I also like uh, Jalen Rager um, as well. Um, and also um, for, for defense, I, I really like uh, Jeremy Chin. Um, I, I think that he is going to be uh, a really, really um, – he's, he's just going to be a, a complete monster on the field um, come one or two years. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, Greg talked about it in the interview I had with him. If you haven't heard the episode with Greg, um, then you should go back in the archives and listen to that. We, you know, we talked about the whole IU situation. We spoke about the Dynasty rookie draft that we had. So it was a really great conversation. I also had break, broken down wide receivers 6 through 10, where I also broke down Jalen Rager and, and, and explained why I was moving him up in my in my dynasty rookie rank, uh, rookie wide receiver rankings. But <clears throat> anyways, uh, Brandon Ayuk, man. Yeah. I mean, he's the one, he's the number one wide receiver in my, in my wide receiver model uh, for the 2020 class. Um, and he's, you know, he ends up in Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, and obviously, you know, he plays, he's going to be playing this, uh, you know, maybe potentially more snaps than, than we anticipated because of the injury to Debo Samuel. So, um, you know, I, I really, really do like, you know, Brandon Ayuk, and um, obviously I, I like them enough to be able to trade back with C.D. Lamb on the board and, and pick this guy up. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Jalen Rager as well. I, I, I do I do really like him a lot. Um, he's also, you know, graded very highly in, in my wide receiver model as well for the 2020 class, and he ends up in, uh, you know, Doug Peterson offense with Carson Wentz and a team that was decimated by injury at the, at the receiver position. Um, but, you know, you talked about Jeremy Chin. You know, you and I have had a bunch of conversations about Jeremy Chin. Um, it's, you know, it's le- it was leading up to the to our dynasty rookie draft, even after the draft, uh, even, you know, before we, we, we even hit record on this today. Um, but why do you think that he, you know, you, you, you I asked you, um, you know, previously, you know, some of your, your favorite mid to late round guys who, you know, could be as could be seen as values or guys that maybe steals, you know, one or two years from now. Um, but why Jeremy Chen? Because you, you didn't name him along with another player that we'll, we'll get to in, in a second. But I want to hear your, your take on Jeremy Chen. I just think, um, you know, if I can be frank, he is kind of similar to, um, you know, the his the the person that got picked up before him, um, Isaiah S- uh, Simmons. Uh, I just think that you know he can just play, um, you know, multiple um, positions. Um, you know, if you want him as like that outside line, line rush linebacker, he has that speed. Um, he can go in and he can just be a ball hawk. Um, or in the in the case of just kind of lining him up as as a free safety, if a wide receiver wants to just kind of run a slant, he could be physical enough to just kind of really agitate the wide receiver um and definitely uh something that i saw in uh, one of his interviews is that he said that he's pretty late to football so one of the things that just kind of reminds me is that all right he can form some good habits you know mm-hmm. and so that means that he's coachable and you know if, if if that means that he's just recent to just kind of playing um, the free safety then um you know, I'm I'm pretty sure the Panthers will have something uh, dynamic for him, um, and he can definitely just kind of be like a captain, um, you know, in in the future. 
and and definitely kind of have a long prosperous career um with with the Panthers. Yeah, I mean um I you know a lot of I've read a lot of good things about Jeremy Chan. I, I've seen some of some of his film and I've seen some good things. Um but you know you uh you said one thing that really piqued my piqued my interest was when you said that you 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 believe this guy could be the next Ed Reed or could be some some version of Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. And um you know so I guess you must think this guy. You must think really highly of him. Uh, I know. You, obviously, you were you were, you texted me. You were upset when he when he went off the board. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was so. like, oh no, why did he go off the board? I was I was really uh, really sad about that situation. Um, but you <laughs> know, hey, the you know, hopefully uh, that person probably drops him, and uh, you know, then I can I can kind of scoop him up. I think he's gonna go have to make a trade. Yeah, and we just recently <laughs> spoke about trades, so I'm going to have to use this this new skill, this this newfound uh skill set. <laughs> so um, you know, if 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 that doesn't work out, then maybe you can come over and make an offer for Albert Okawakebanam cuz that's that's going to be hard to say. So we're just going to call him Albert O. Albert O. Um, okay. Albert O, the tight end with the Denver Broncos cuz you, you you why do you believe that he's going to be a future uh one of these steals in uh you know, when we look at these uh, these guys one to two years from now. So one of the things that I noticed with uh, the Denver Broncos is, um, yes, they you know they picked up a lot of um, receivers um, in the in this round, but once again, I'm just somebody that's looking at talent. When you see talent, you just you just pick them up no matter what. And I think with Albert O. This guy is just really, really considerably fast um, and just has that burner speed and can capably possibly just kind of like move um, and just be that option and be that threat um, to just kind of go up there and then just catch those gimme balls. So um, just based on like his, his highlight tapes I, that I was seeing and then obviously with his – him being in that like 99th percentile in, in, in the 40 yard dash. Um, I just thought that this guy is, is going to be uh, a problem um, in the NFL. One thing I didn't really like about it was the fact that, okay, you know, he has a lot of, um, you know, the, the Denver Broncos do have a, a lot of tight ends on their roster, but however, um, that doesn't mean that they won't use him in, in, in sets. So, um, there's the possibility of just kind of seeing him kind of emerge, um, you know, in the future. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I, I did – I was the one that took Albert O um, in the free agent draft. It was uh, relatively late, but, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I you know, did think about that, consider the, the tight ends that they have on the roster specifically. Um, Noah Fant, who was a rookie last year, um, also very athletic in his own right. Not 99th percentile in the 40, but 98th percentile, I think. Oh, good <laughs> enough. Right. Yeah, good enough, right? Um, he ran 4-5 flat as opposed to Al O, who ran 4-4-9. But, you know, no offense, 250 at 6-4, while Al O is 6-6, you know, 260. <laughs> um, and, you know, so, you know, Al O versus Noah Fant, you know, I'm probably going to lean on the Noah Fant side, but when I, when, when, 
the Denver Broncos draft this kid in, in the in the fourth round after drafting Noah Fant um, relatively early last year. I think Noah Fant might have been a second a second round pick. No, Noah Fant might have been a first round pick actually. Um, but you know, after drafting you know Noah Fant you know very highly last year, um, and then uh, turning around and drafting Al O, who coincidentally enough was uh, the tight end for Drew Locke. Uh, the Denver Broncos, the current Denver Broncos quarterback, uh, two years ago while Locke was the quarterback at Missouri. So, um, you know, there's a connection there. So I'm just banking, you know, like you said, you know, like like we talked about, um, you know, on this show, per, you know, many times before, you know, just betting in Dynasty League, just betting on a talented player, uh, you know, just betting that, that it'll work out, that, he, you know, he'll be too good, that the coaches won't be able to keep him off the football field. So, right. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, obviously you're a, you're a Giants fan, you know. So, um, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to ask you, you know, what do you what are your feelings about um, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and and those guys over there in Big Blue? I really like, um, you know, the second year going out for for Danny Dimes. Um, you know, let's just hope. Uh, that with the obvious elephant in the room being um, the amount of fumbles, hopefully he can kind of um, turn that down a little bit, hold on, have a little bit of a better ball security. Uh, with Saquon Barkley, uh, also, you know, I'm a big Penn State uh, alumni fan, so uh, kind of happy to have uh, Saquon on my team. Uh, go, go Nittany Lions. Uh, Saquon is definitely someone who is going to, I have no issues with. Um, there was a little bit of a scare where, um, correct me if I'm wrong, he had an injury, I think, in the latter half of the season. Yeah, it was like the middle of the season. He had the uh, high ankle sprain. Right. And so, uh, you know, I know high ankle sprains can sometimes be on and off, and let's hope that this isn't like a an, uh, an injury that just keeps on being chronic and, um, you know, keeps on – uh, keeping him uh, sidelined, but I really think the Giants um, did great, uh, even in this draft class. You know, I was really hoping that they picked up Isaiah Simmons, um, but they just ended up picking that uh, that lineman. But yeah, Andrew but, Thomas, the left tackle out of Georgia. Yeah, but that that would definitely I think help out for for Danny Dimes. And if anything, you know, if they weren't going to pick up Isaiah uh, Simmons, I'm just kind of happy that they, they picked uh, this guy up. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely thinking that we're going to have a, a, a better season. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones, he's one of the guys um, that's getting, you know, big time uh, pub right now as, as a potential breakout candidate in the fantasy community. Um, and, and rightfully so, you know, he's, he's a guy that had a bunch of, uh, you know, had some some top five QB performances last year. Um, he also is a guy that adds something in the way of, of rushing. Um, so you know, we saw guys last year like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen uh, to you know become top seven, top ten guys. Um, you know, because of what they were able to do with their legs. Um, and you know, Daniel Jones. Uh, I remember saying it last year he kind of reminds me um, – his year one reminds me of a, a, a lot of Josh Allen's year one. Um, and Josh Allen was my sleeper coming into 
uh, last year's season, uh, you know, coming into the 2019 season as a quarterback that you can get really late in drafts um, that has the potential to um, to have a top 10 finish. Uh, and, you know, Josh Allen finishes QB7 last year. So uh, Daniel Jones does kind of remind me of that, or, you know, uh, you know, very Josh Allen-like in that way. Um, I think Daniel Jones is a much better passer than Josh Allen. Uh, like you said, he, he definitely fumbles the ball, so um, he's got that going against him. But if he can if he can hold on to, the, to that ball and some of those possessions become, you know, instead of ending with fumbles, they end with touchdowns, then, you know, I think Daniel Jones could have a, a really good fantasy season. So, um, you know, and, and then Saquon Barkley, he's somebody that's really interesting to me as well because he's somebody that uh, – you know, we you know we I feel like we kind of forget that he's probably the most talented running back in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's one of those running backs where, um, you know, I think a lot of people, um, what what they obviously with his freakish talents, you know, he has big legs and so he has like a lot of power and he's able to just to kind of thrust through. Uh, and explode in, like, the first year when he's, um, you know, going inside the lines. But another thing, you know, with the exception of that high uh, uh, ankle sprain is his durability. Um, you know, you're seeing just him get, like, a, a large share of snaps. And, um, you know, I think it's all is well, and hopefully the uh, trainers are just kind of keeping him healthy um, and making sure that um, he's doing everything in his off season just to just kind of like heal himself and, and make sure he's eating right. His diet is good. Um, I, I really think that he's, he's going to like pick up right where he left off. Yeah, man. I, I actually, um, you know, working on my, on my early projections, um, you know, and looking at Saquon Barkley and, you know, I see it's definitely a hundred percent within the realm of possibility that he finishes as the number one, the number one running back in fantasy. I know last year I, I came into the season having him at three. Um, but I I think that, you know, with Daniel Jones being better, with the offensive line potentially being better, um, I think Saquon could be, uh, you know, we've seen Jason Garrett. Uh, he's obviously going to be the offensive coordinator for the, for the New York Giants this year, uh, former Dallas Cowboys head coach. But we've seen Zeke obviously get fed. You know, Zeke is synonymous with the, the, you know, the feeding symbol where he's feeding himself, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, man, if Saquon, you know, hits the 300 carry mark, which we've never seen him do. You know, he's two, he was at 261 in, in his rookie year, 2018, uh, 217 uh, in 2019. Um, but, you know, I, you know, if he can hit that 300 carry mark, you know, on his career, 4.8 yards per carry, I think, you know, Saquon could, could have one of the, you know, one of the, those historic fantasy seasons. Absolutely. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, And, you know, it's kind of funny that him and Zeke kind of share those, 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 those similar characteristics um, of just being a dual threat, you know, um, you can have him just motion to a receiver or, you know, you can just kind of have like a simple handoff to him. You can kind of have him as a run blocker. He does it all. And uh, he definitely just kind of brings his lunch pail to work and you can kind of account, you, you, you can count on him to definitely just like keep your, keep your team 
um, close in games or completely blow out teams um, with with his skills uh, alone. Yeah, I mean, as a as a rookie, Saquon Barkley had 121 targets. <laughs> wow, that was good for 91 catches. So he's he's definitely capable as a pass catcher. Uh, you know, he only had 73 targets in 13 games last year. Um, so not used as much as a receiver. Um, so maybe I think the Giants could hopefully get back to that. Um, you know, they do have some weapons on the outside, and Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, and, and yeah. Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, they've got Evan Ingram coming back. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe you know, we can see uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, get back into the 80-90 uh, reception range. Absolutely, man. I, I can't wait. Yeah, man. All right. Well, this was definitely great conversation, man. It was it was great to have you on, Akeem. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, unfortunately, uh the New York City Marathon is canceled this year and I and I know you you know, you've you've uh competed in that the last few years. So, you know, what do you what do you you know, you usually train around this time? What are you doing to keep yourself busy these days? So uh I kind of uh, flourish in quarantine. I don't know what, what it is like. I've I've just been like running in, incessantly um, and just keeping myself active. But um, one of the things that um, I just kind of found myself doing a lot more recently is um, just kind of doing like meal preps and everything, uh, just to kind of keep myself active. So um, you know, it's just been like a lot of a lot of cardio and uh, a lot of high intensity interval training. And so uh, actually uh, I'm thinking of just setting up my own class and uh, being like a a personal trainer as well. And um, hopefully, you know, by this year I can just kind of get my certification and then just kind of start classes and, and help people uh, during this crisis uh, just kind of be motivated to, to work out um, during this time and, and take health into, into the forefront um, to make sure that people are just um, healthy and um, also that they just kind of wake up feeling refreshed. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that. I'm, I'm uh, very committed about my nutrition and uh, my workout regimen. Wow. That's awesome, man. So, you know, if people wanted to, you know, get a hold of you or ask you some health questions, uh, you know, where where could they find you? Are you available on Instagram or or social media? Yeah, I am actually. So if you have like any questions, tips, um, if you you know, normally I'm always posting on Instagram and I'm um putting out like some workout videos that I I, I normally like to do, um, whether it's plyometrics or um or cardio or um the different types of things that I'm learning as well in in nutrition. Um, you can follow me on uh, at this is nothing new and yeah, man, I'm excited just to kind of be um, invited to this and yeah, man, I can't, can't wait for football season to kind of come back as well. Yeah. So guys, you heard that. If you want to follow Akeem, it's at this is nothing new T H I S I S N O T H I N G N E W. So uh, yeah, no, I'm most definitely excited for this football season, man. Uh, can't wait for it. Um, everyone hope that you enjoyed your 4th of July. We're most definitely happy to have you. Um, most definitely hope that you stay safe. And, again, could just continue to be safe. You don't have to be the first person to go get a haircut or, you know, go get your nails done or whatever it is that it is that you feel like you need to go do. Um, so, you know, just continue to be safe. Continue to monitor the situation in your area. 
And, uh, yeah, be safe, everyone, and we will catch you guys later. Bye. Peace, guys. Thank you.